0: Hello, this is Lord Sycamore. Welcome to the Understory Podcast. Today, with guest interviewer Craig Regal, we'll dig into the story under the song for My Hiding Place, Psalm 32. Track five from my debut album, Child Coming Home. Welcome to the Understory Podcast. This is Lord Sycamore. Today I have a very special guest interviewer, my friend, my former coworker, Craig Regal. Hello there.
1: So uh, I'm excited that we have this opportunity to get to talk about your artistry, your musicianship, and in particular your work on Psalm 32, although you have a different name for it, don't you?
0: I do. It's called My Hiding Place on the album. Yeah, My Hiding Place. Uh, I'm guessing there's significance
1: to that title.
0: Sure, I'll give you a short version. The short version is I scour the lyrics, the actual uh, psalm, to find a phrase that's in it that's representative of the whole. Um, And about halfway through, that shows up, You Are My Hiding Place. And thinking about forgiveness and uh, the instinct to hide when you think you're in trouble, realizing that God is that hiding place, it seemed seemed appropriate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you often call it Psalm 32 or do you call it my hiding place? If you're talking about the song, what do you call it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. In the context of the album, I usually call it my hiding place because it also sort of plays um, a role in the story. Uh, that that makes that title especially appropriate, mm-hmm. um, but I I'll I'll often refer to it as Psalm 32 in conversation just because I think it's good to have the the address yeah. on hand yeah. when whenever possible. Yeah, it's been
1: wonderful to hear and learn this Psalm because it makes it so much more accessible to know Psalm 32. So I'm, mm. I am really excited about the work that you did here. Now mm. I've known you. Um, and I know that you're a guy that likes to take scripture and you like to put it to music. And often mm-hmm. there's some sort of story behind it. Um, I think half your songs were probably written in the freezing cold as you walked to school, because <laughs> uh, I remember you coming into the to the school building often in the morning, and you've got a new song that you've been you've been working on in your head. So Psalm 32, does it have associations for you? Was there a, a time that you remember writing this one?
0: This is. Really interesting because I didn't set out to write Psalm 32. I was actually working through the book of Romans, mm-hmm. trying to do that with music because at some point I realized I don't know much about Romans. I should probably, you know, <laughs> are we talking verse
1: it. by verse of Romans? You're you're putting every verse to music? Yes. Wow. Okay. Go on. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> however well or, or not well that was done um it at least gave me a larger story to live in on a lot of those cold walks mm-hmm. um day by day and anyways um the reason i mentioned that is romans 4 is talking about abraham and how he's um made right by with god by faith not by his works and what he does mm-hmm. and um paul uses as an example from the old testament psalm 32 yeah. and i wasn't familiar with psalm 32 at all there's this, but there's a quote of the first two verses mm-hmm. from in Romans four. And so I'm like, okay, well, this should have a different tune than what came before because it's a like a literary quotation, so it should be a musical quotation. Hmm. It should be different. So I came up with a different tune for that.
1: You mean different than the tune you had going in Romans four?
0: Yeah, the first couple verses, because yeah. it comes a couple verses in. Yeah. Um and then I got curious because I'm thinking, well, there's probably more to this. Uh, And I have like the first little chunk of the tune. Um, That's often how these things start Mm -hmm. is just getting interested in like one verse and then recognizing this doesn't stand by itself. I need to keep fleshing it out. Um, So I think it was one day I was at my, my uh, wife's parents' house, big family gathering. I (laughs) am I'm prone to be reclusive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so at one point, when it was appropriate, I hope uh, I went <laughs> to their to their old upright piano and just sort of hunkered down with the Bible open up to psalm thirty two and um God was good enough to let me just sit there with the the words and gave me a really pretty tune for the first part. Um, it's always a challenge working with scripture music because mm-hmm. um, the words aren't metrical and rhyming in the sense that we like our music to be. But what I found um, was that it did lend itself to an overall structure. There mm-hmm. were parts of the tune that could be reused. Um, and then it, you could I could have distinct sections, like an A, B, C section. Um, and basically during this time of sitting down at the piano, playing through it, Making audio recordings, I got the tune for each section and the um basic piano chords. Yeah. So nowhere near as polished as what you hear in the final recording, but it all basically came out in one go, maybe over the course of an hour, wow, or so.
1: Yeah, yeah. While you're there at your in-laws, most of the tune mm-hmm. came together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole tune, everything that I needed, basically. Well, that's great
1: that the Lord put that together that way for you. That's neat.
0: It was it was pretty neat. So. Yeah, that's the beginning of the story.
1: If, if I remember correctly, um, and so, well, the story here is that uh, my wife, Molly Marie, was playing the piano for the, for the choir at school. You were the choir director uh, and you were teaching this this song to your students. So my kids come home and they're singing it around the house. and I'm beginning to hear this song, you know, being sung upstairs in their bedroom or, or mm-hmm. downstairs in the kitchen or about anywhere you can sing it. Um, so I began to recognize the song. Is that the first time it was done anywhere for anything?
0: Yeah, so happily enough, I, I do get to teach at a Christian school where you also taught with me. And yeah, um, so in the choir program, I can use some of these psalm settings, which ends up being cheaper uh, on cheap music too. <laughs>
1: uh, that's right. Uh, so so when did this song, My Hiding Place, become part of the the album that you're putting together? When are you realizing I know where this fits in. I know this, how how this fits into the bigger story. Yeah. Had you
0: already written the song? So this is what's interesting is all the songs on the album m- had some sort of life before I even knew I was gonna make an album mm. and I had different ideas about what they were all gonna be for. I certainly didn't think they were gonna be strung together in a story. Um, there were some songs that I just had an overwhelming conviction that I needed to do at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And this was before I knew the album. So Psalm 32 is one example where I started off the school year. Uh, so this would have been 2017, 2018, no, 2018, 2019 uh, last year. Yeah, um, And I started off the year and even before I'd gotten to the Christmas concert, I knew I'm going to be teaching these kids Psalm 32 I'm gonna that that's the next thing and it was more than just a feeling of this is going to be um, a nice song for them to sing in some ways it didn't make sense to me because I was thinking that's kind of heady stuff for kids or like why do they need to learn about forgiveness and mm-hmm. repentance and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but I felt it was what God wanted me to do yeah and when I got and started teaching it to them, um in since so it would have been spring 2019 um i still didn't know why until the summer that followed when i um realized basically what the story of the album was mm-hmm. and how there needed to be a moment of turning and of transformation for the character mm. and there was no better way to express mm. what that moment was than psalm 32 yeah and it was even more significant and, and this is just proof that God was writing the story, not me, Um, in that I taught this song to children and the essence of this relationship described in Psalm 32 Mm -hmm. is basically some sort of like family relationship. Obviously, God is also Lord and King and all of those things. But when I think of um, my son and he's done something wrong And I have to teach him to apologize. Mm. Um, What he's coming into when he's apologizing is not some sort of abstract, um, (laughs) you know, sense of I'm forgiven in my heart, but it's actually often my embrace. It's a Mm. it's a father to son Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the children learning it and then bringing it into the album um, made me realize this this repentance and why it's so important is because it reestablishes our our relationship with God yeah. as our father yeah. through Jesus the son
1: yeah so. yeah and Psalm 32 wonderfully captures the the before and the after the before is when you're under this burden of sin and it's yeah. weighing on you and it's tearing you apart mm-hmm. um and then the after is the great joy that you find in forgiveness mm-hmm. from this heavenly father Um, and your, your music captures that. And I think you taught the kids to even sing, uh, I'm sure you want this to happen, to sing what the words are saying. Uh, Mm -hmm. so there's these kind of somber, quiet tones that come across as they're talking about their sin wasting away. And I remember my wife talking Mm -hmm. to me about this and she says, um, you taught them then when they get to the, to, to the forgiveness that's received from our, from our, from our savior to sing with this these joyful hearts because that's mm. that's what David is doing here in this in this song he's even uh he you even hear the shouts of deliverance from his neighbors as they're mm-hmm. uh joining him in this um mm. so it, it's it's wonderfully written and the song captures the the tone of the psalm so well oh. um did these did these words do any work on you as you interacted <laughs> with them
0: I had assurance from the words of the psalm that i was forgiven by god Mm -hmm. and i had words to express the feeling that i still get as a christian when i try to hide things in my life from god which is a Mm -hmm. kind of oppression yeah Um, and then it also gave me a pattern this pattern of acknowledging God and acknowledging what I'd done and then finding every time that I was forgiven. Mm. Um, So personally it did that for me. Mm. It, it moved outward from there, which I was really, I was really touched by what you were saying about uh, your kids singing it around the house because um, it just made me think of ripples, like dropping a stone in the water and the, and the ripples spreading out through the water yeah. I was not intending when I was teaching the kids the song at least intentionally to, to um get you singing it get it <laughs> in your head that's right uh, um but this is I think what you then see in the second half of the psalm he he starts saying, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you you shall go and i couldn't make out. Is this God talking to the repentant person or is this the repentant person then like turning outward? Right. Um, Where did you fall in that? Did you
1: come to a conclusion?
0: I didn't come to a conclusion. Okay. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But um, what I recognized in the act of teaching this kids, this song is this is intensely personal for me because Mm -hmm. I've been through some stuff. I know how messed up I am. And I do have true joy in knowing that I'm forgiven by God that Mm -hmm. I can't manufacture that. And what, what's interesting is God doesn't intend that to be a gift just for me. He intends it to be a ripple effect and he intends for me to then take what I've been taught and teach others.
1: Right. Right. And, (laughs) and that's, yeah, that's the spirit of the Psalm. And uh, David even says, don't be like the horse or the mule that basically you have to force to do things. Yeah. And he's saying, why would you? Why would you need to be forced to let go of the burden of your sin? Like just freely and willingly give it up. It's it's sapping your energy. It's stra- sapping your strength. It's sapping your vitality. Turn mm. from it. Mm. Um, and that's spoken by someone who's experienced it. Oh, uh, they sure. they've been under the weight and the burden of sin. Uh, they've groaned under it. And now they want others to know there there's relief to be found in Jesus Christ. Then
0: hmm.
1: um, that's and that's why this plea is issued to others. So,
0: and if I um, can oh, go ahead briefly there, there's one part if I can be so bold that's missing from the psalm, and it's between the part where um, he says to the listener, like I am completely crushed by this. My strength was sapped when I didn't acknowledge my sin. And then he says, then I acknowledged and I confessed and you forgave. Mm-hmm. And that, that is true of God. God's character doesn't change, but David sort of had to um, take a flying leap into the dark in a sense of like, is mm-hmm. God going to catch me when I open up about this? Is he going to forgive mm-hmm. me? Or is he going to say, no, I don't want you. Yeah, And it was, Amazing to me to see that faith in in David's words because we have way more assurance in Jesus taking the penalty for our sins um, and being rejected for our sins Mm -hmm. by God. There's no way that someone who comes to Jesus, who God has accepted, um, uh, who who, um, was, what's it say in Romans 4, who was um, put to death for delivered up for our trespasses and was raised for our justification made to make us right with God. There's no way that if we come to Jesus, God is going to reject us. Right. So the, uh, the part that's missing, if I can say it that way of, is God going to accept me if I do this, if I confess is, is just the absolute assurance that God's God is good and forgiving. Yeah. Jesus is such a clear picture of why that is.
1: Yeah, and I will in no way cast out. Turn, turn to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's why verse is it. Um, verse, verse five. There's this immediacy to his being forgiven because he mm-hmm. says, "I acknowledged, I didn't cover up. Uh, I said, I'm going to confess my transgression," and then it immediately, it's not even a new sentence. Immediately <laughs> says, "And you forgave the iniquity of my sin." Yeah, it's it's immediate. There's this immediate forgiveness that comes from our heavenly Father, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a wonderful assurance. Wonderful assurance. Uh, so people are hearing hearing your, your music and they're hearing Psalm 32. What are you hoping they take away from it? What do you want them to walk away with?
0: Ultimately, the hope that through Jesus, we can be forgiven. We can be in a right relationship with God. Mm. That doesn't depend on anything for us. It only depends on God and His goodness and His desire that we're sharing in His joy, mm. like all the rejoicing that David wants us to do because of our forgiveness. It doesn't even hold a candle to the joy that God has in Himself mm. and that He's inviting us into. Yeah, you think of the the uh, father in the parable of the two sons, and he he runs out to meet his son. He lavishes everything on him and he's got riches in store yet. And he's, he's inviting him back to the party like that, that is God's heart towards repentant sinners. And he, and he's waiting and watching every day yeah. for, for people to come back to him.
1: So, Amen. Amen. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful song. My wife would probably want me to share this with you. Uh, she has said that because of interacting with your work on Psalm 32 uh, or on My Hiding Place, uh, that Psalm 32 has become one of her favorite psalms. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just she just loves Psalm 32, uh, and she found those choir practices to be almost devotional mm-hmm. as she learned to sing these these lyrics, and then even heard you explained the profound truths. And you had to explain them in, you know, fifth, sixth grader language uh, to these kids, uh, and they were hearing, they were just hearing profound truths uh, directed to them. And she said that was a wonderful experience. She says uh, she told me that at one point she remembers her her uh, listening to these children sing these lyrics. Uh, she said my my eyes teared up, and I could hardly you know see my music. Uh, because I, you know, I just had tears coming out of my eyes as, as she, uh, played for the kids. So she would want you to know that these, she just loves this, this song because of what you've done with this hymn. So mm. thankful for your work.
0: Thank you. And I was very thankful for her work. Hmm. One of the ways the song grew, and this is why we need other people. I would have been content to leave it unwritten out because Um, I can be lazy. The, the, the beauty of writing things out is you have to specify which notes. It's not just the general chords.
1: You're talking about writing out the score of the the music. The score of the music. Correct. Okay. Yeah.
0: And when I realized I need to conduct this, I can't just sit at the piano and I need a pianist (laughs) who can (laughs) play this music. Um, and your wife was willing she did it on the condition that she, that I write a score for her, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing doing that, and then hearing the way that she was able to bring out what I was even just faintly hearing in the score, um, that was a real privilege for me, and it and it helped to spur me on to yeah. to teach the kids the beauty that was in the words um, when I was hearing the way that she was playing. Yeah, were there thoughts? That you had as a pastor who's preached through this psalm about its meaning, structure, or, mm-hmm. or any personal applications that you had.
1: Uh yeah. So I did get to preach this psalm not too long ago, which was a, a, a great thing to be able to do. Um you, you really see kind of that that movement from uh him him, he gives his thesis that basically when you hold on to your sin, it tears you apart. He right. then gives a personal illustration, you know, for, for you know, I wasted away and I was groaning all day long. Right. And then, then saying, here's what happened when I acknowledged my sin. Um, but then what he goes on to do is, is saying, just because that's happened doesn't mean you're done. There's to be an appropriate response to God's work in our hearts. Right. Um, I think that's good for us to hear because we often think, uh, this Christian thing is just about, you know, trusting in Jesus, he'll forgive my sins, and I'm done. Uh, and the Psalms show us again and again that God wants a response from us. Um, and we see in him a response of prayer, Let everyone offer you a prayer at this time when you may be found. Uh, there's the response of turning to others and instructing others and sharing with them the great joy that you have found. And there's the response of worship, hmm. The you know, the work of Christ in our hearts ought to bring us to worship. Um, And so, yeah, I have, I have found it to just be a a wonderful hymn that reminds us of what sin does to us and why we're so thankful for our savior and then demands a response from us. Hmm. So wonderful song.
0: One thing with the response of rejoicing, rejoicing is hard to do compared to say being happy. Hmm. Um, because essentially it is as you said a kind of worship um it's totally giving yourself over to your feeling about something um and in some ways it's even making a fool of yourself you're not in control really when you're rejoicing you're saying this is too good to keep to myself the shepherds going and sharing with everybody um the blind man like jumping up and following Mm -hmm. jesus Mm -hmm. Um, and proportionally in the psalm, there's a small if heavy part where the guy is talking about what sin was like, but most of the psalm is not there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think it was striking to me in all of the things often that I like feel bad about, the majority of what he wants to say is about the goodness and is about how, how worthy to rejoice at God is. Um, And and the, and the sadness and the, like the heaviness, especially even with like dark sin is just a tiny part. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a nice corrective to me.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and your song does that. It, it moves into rejoicing. There's the, there's the slow, heavy pace of struggling under your sin Uh, And then by the end of the song, you're rejoicing in what in what our God has done, Mm. which is just neat to hear. Uh, Nate, tell me about how this song, uh, Psalm 32 fits into the album as a
0: whole. The singer is on his journey home. He's learning what it means to follow Jesus. And one part of the story is learning how to give up control. The essence of sin is wanting to be in control and oftentimes that instinct to hide our sin is not wanting to acknowledge god's authority it's it's not even so much shame this is speaking from my experience um, as it is about not wanting to be out of control but it's essential and jesus says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like little children. If there's anything that characterizes little children it's that they have parents and the parents are the ones who are in control of their lives. And so being a Christian and a Christ follower is learning to say to God, you're in charge, not me. So in terms of where this comes in the album, the singer at some point has to make that, that change. Um, I'm hoping that visually with the video that would go along with this, you'll actually see the singer enter the the chapel or the building that -hmm. represents the hiding place. Mm -hmm. And he enters as a man leaves as a child. And then the videos on either side would continue that picture. Um, Mm -hmm. It it goes from here into the song Wonder Lost, which is essentially um, riffing on this idea of being a child of God and what a good thing that is, um, and what a bright future we have because of it. But Psalm 32 is the place where that transformation happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Is in, in the term in terms of the child coming home and the prodigal son, uh, where in that story would you sit Psalm thirty-two? Good where, question. Where where in that story?
0: That's a beautiful question. In the prodigal son story, the son is out in the far country. And at some point, he's got his face down in the mud next to some pigs. He lifts up his face and he remembers, I do have a dad. I do have somebody who has a say in my life and who I have to respond to. I've Mm -hmm. done it the wrong way. I'm going to turn around and go back.
1: Yeah.
0: I wrestled over whether this one should come before New Dawn Mm. because New Dawn is definitely speaking to somebody who um, is maybe having doubts or a hard time in the journey, but knows they're on the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of the, I guess, more somber tone of New Dawn, um and and the the call nature of it like he hasn't actually responded in hope yet. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it would be appropriate to put this song about rejoicing and about uh claiming and knowing that hope afterwards.
1: Yeah it fits well with that that conversion, that repenting, that actually turning and the, the prodigal son, he's going one direction, he makes the turn and he goes the other direction. And that's the stuff of Psalm 32. Mm. Uh, And when David says, I acknowledge my sin to you, it reminds you of the prodigal son who's going to go to his father and acknowledge that he's done wrong and he's wronged heaven and he's wronged his father. Mm. Um, I would never thought to put those two together, but they Mm. fit Psalm 32 and the prodigal son story. Mm. But they fit really well together.
0: The connecting glue being (laughs) that you do repent to God. You do say I did what was wrong but it's not our effort, our effort. It's not us that restores the relationship. Ultimately Mm -hmm. it's God that does that Mm. based on his own delight and goodness. Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: Craig, thank you for joining me today. It's been such a privilege to talk to you, pass on my gratitude to your children and to your wife. We'll do making this, uh, beautiful this song yeah they put a lot
1: more into it than i did so (laughs) (laughs) the irony is i'm the one talking to you Mm. um but i will pass on and it's it's been wonderful to be with you
0: but if i can also say this um you have not been unconnected to what's been happening in the sense that your children's receptivity and delight in this message of god's goodness Mm -hmm. um day by day through God's grace, you and your wife laid the groundwork for that. Mm. So their delight in the song and in the, just the pure gospel of God's love for us, you were a part of that. So
1: oh. well, praise the lord, that's the that's the Lord's grace and mercy. Now, I also did sit in a really hot, sweaty closet while you while you recorded audio with my children so i did put some sweat and labor into this thing because it was it was miserable in there and you wouldn't let us run the air conditioning well oh.
0: yeah air conditioning <laughs> tends to tamper with the sound quality yeah that's what
1: you said y- you can your hear sweat <laughs> middle of the summer and we're all crammed into a closet uh,
0: uh, yeah yeah grateful for them singing and doing that piece by piece, even with the new translation for sure. Yes.
1: Yes. So, well, it's been good to be with you.
0: Thank you, Craig. I will look forward to talking again soon.
1: All right. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this story, please consider purchasing my music or donating to this work through my Patreon. Either way, I hope this was a gift to you and that you were encouraged by it. Have a good day, and God bless.